You're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew. I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is a re-meet the host podcast episode. This is an Andrew outline. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Well, technically, both kind of had to inject our stuff in there. Otherwise, it would be here going, um, and then looking around the room and looking at stuff and going, um, I we're think probably that still, one's a favorite. We're pr- st- probably still going to do that. Probably. This is going to be pretty much a l- pretty laid-back episode. For those who don't know, we've been around here for... Almost five years doing anime, specifically podcasting. We've been doing podcasting for probably about more in the range of six, maybe seven years, just because we did other stuff like video game podcasting and stuff. Only that long? I thought we've been doing it for almost 10 years now. Shoot. It's probably getting pretty closer. I, I'd have to look back at like the old gaming website when we used to do those yeah. old uh, podcasts with that guy in Australia. That was a lot of fun splicing all that <laughs> together. Anyways, uh, so yeah. For those who don't know, we've been podcasting for a while now, and we did a Meet the Host podcast episode back in, like, 2014, early year, and uh, we have gotten a lot of new people on board since then, and I figured it would be a good time to kind of, uh, you know, interject a little re-meeting the host segment where people that are new to us, yeah, they may have been listening to a good 10 or so episodes, but don't really know us, so it'd be cool to kind of get people caught up on who we are, what we're into, and uh, so they can kind of get to know us. So if you've been around since back then when we did our first Meet the Host, you might be like, yeah, this stuff is already known. And you might be along, around long enough that you know a lot of this information just because we've been talking about it in various podcast episodes. But uh, So make your decision if you want to listen to us talk about ourselves. If you don't, you know, you can just skip on to the next episode. But we did need a filler episode during my vacation time. So this kind of fit the bill. There's also the fact that we've, we've learned a lot since then. And so we're, we're, and we're a lot more lax in the way that we banter and talk since then. So we should, Oh yeah, be. dear goodness. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I recently decided to listen to some old podcast episode. And I was like, Oh gosh, this sounds so terrible. It was, an, it was an old for, review. For, feel bad for you guys who are re- listening to the old ones. <laughs> They're not very good. But I guess that's where I can start it. Like I said, uh, we started doing Ataku Spirit specifically because we, like I said, we were doing gaming reviews and we kind of, Chris started getting back into anime at the time back, like I said, like eight years or so ago. And so he started interjecting some anime in there and I started watching some anime again. And um, eventually at some point we said, let's just go straight anime because we, we seen that there was a, a need for a positive viewpoint of anime 
And so we decided to make Otaku Spirit as that community and podcast that was positive about anime. Yeah, we critique stuff. We still critique stuff here and there. But our goal is to not be, okay, what show can we destroy next? Okay, right. what show can we destroy next? Because that's easy. Anybody can destroy a show. So that was that's what Otaku Spirit was built on. It was making a community that was not attacking each other, and it was to make a podcast that was positive in the wake of, uh, of anime. So that's where we kind of came from. But technically, we've been around anime long before then. Um, I, I specifically remember back then... I don't remember exactly when it was, but I had a friend, a childhood friend of mine that we did pretty much everything together. At some point, he pretty much introduced me to anime. I don't remember exactly what show it was that he introduced me to. Tenchi, I want to say. I want to say it was Tenchi as well, um, but it could have been something else uh, before then. But yeah, Tenchi, Akira, uh, New Dominion Tank Police, Oh My Goddess. Those are all the shows that he kind of introduced me to. I think he, I'm not sure if he introduced me to Armitage or not. But, uh, and of course, there was the things that we didn't know that were anime back then was like, you know, right. Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, stuff like that. So that was, that was kind of where I got an anime. Voltron is, I, I want to say Voltron was the first. It's probably it's or, between or Voltron and, uh, Speed Racer. Say, uh, no, I was going to go. Speed Racer with, was another one. I don't know. I, that, that's a tough one because, um, that, that, uh, it depends on if 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 we caught that. Because well, yeah, we didn't know it was that. anime. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I was going to say Thundercats because I that one, but that one is I think what we discussed before was the idea of whether or not that was a is it a anime or is it a Western produced anime? Uh, throw it up in the air and then of it's course, a ruby. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's ruby. a ruby. Well, it's just like Robo, uh, Robotech or was like. Um... The Macross series and how they kind of uh, Frankensteined it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Can, can you can kind of wonder about that as well? But yeah, that's that's kind of where we got into anime. And I, for me personally, yeah, when I got into probably high school, I was still into it. But then when I when I graduated high school, I kind of just kind of drifted away from it. I still kind of dabbled in it here or there. Got a couple series that I kind of downloaded because that was back when. Oh yeah, you can start downloading this stuff now, and you can finally get all this stuff. And so I kind of dabble a little bit in the in the piracy back then. Of course, like I said, I'm not going to make excuses for myself, but back then didn't really quite know what was the whole idea of piracy wasn't really fully known what what the repercussions were until like Napster happened. And yeah, like, I, w- I want to say that I I I had built up a huge uh, collection. I had I had started buying or started off going into. When I was in the army, I would go to our local um, uh, kind of base exchange or, or post exchange, and I would just buy the fire out of uh, DVDs and stuff like that. Anything animated, because that's when I had my quote unquote anime awakening, if you want to call it that. And I was buying them like crazy. Uh, that's that's where I've got a lot of my my collection, my Tenchi. Um, I I got. Um, uh, Armitage, the Battle Angel series. It's when you um, finally start having your own income as things start yeah. falling into your house. <laughs> um, and at the same time, I was doing the same thing. I was uh, connecting back in the t- back in that time. You did it quite uh, quite a bit differently. Uh, I didn't get into um, Napster at the time. I was in a different system where you would kind of hook into a hub, and depending on how much you had shared, that's how much uh, that that would be. Uh, that would allow you access to a hub, and then you would try and figure out ways to pump up, pump up your uh, your 
the way it looked on your your ratios so it looked like you had more shared out than you actually did so you would try mm -hmm. to uh, gimmick the system to allow you access to bigger hubs so yeah that was it it was kind of an interesting time back in the old western days of <laughs> internet I had the same thing as you. When, when it was early days, I didn't really have income. So it was just kind of whatever my friend had. Because my friend was like, he wasn't super rich, but his, his family was, was doing very well. And so he could pretty much have whatever he wanted. So he was the one that always had the consoles that I wanted. And yeah, so everything I pretty much watched, it was pretty much stuff that he had gotten. And he was always kind of going to different locations like LA and stuff like that. And he was able to pick up a lot of stuff from these small shops that had a huge assortment of anime that were um, brought in. But for me, it wasn't until, yeah, after I got out of high school, I just had that bracket of time where I was grabbing, you know, anything that I really enjoyed. I ended up buying, like, uh, that's when I got my Neon Just Evangelion set, and thankfully that didn't lose that one, but I lost a lot of my collection in the move. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until the second the second awakening that <laughs> I was like, hey, I got plenty of income, now I can make this stupid collection that's way too big now. Um that's when pretty much the the floodgates opened. But I I remember visiting him when he was on the base, and it was like, holy crap! There's all these anime, and I want to watch all of it, and um, and a binder full of games that <laughs> we sent over to keep you busy. So it's like, hey, you got plenty of shows without us having to send you them. I want to take these back home. Um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the gist. And it was so it was like about the break of the 2010s that we fully got back into anime, and that's when the the floodgates for streaming also happened when when it started becoming legal and it was easier to get this stuff. Because when we first got back into it, it wasn't like everything was licensed. Because Crunchyroll just had shifted over to being legal. Yeah, I, I got... My second awakening, per se, happened just as Crunchyroll started to go legit. Um, yeah, I remember having... Uh, Crunchyroll have full-on access to pretty much any anime I want... And then suddenly Crunchyroll didn't quite shut down. It just suddenly went bare. I, and only certain anime were still on there. And that's, that's, that's the time that was the time where I got into skip beat really, really enjoyed it. And I was having, I was at that time I was going, okay, I remember why I really liked this stuff. And that's when I really kind of got right back into it. Um, that I also came back, to, I, I started getting uh, getting stuff uh, siphoning shows off of Andy's list where, because you were you were also going through your uh, second or third awakening of back in anime during that time, but you were also going into your I'm sick of Moe phase. Yeah, and so you started get dumping all etchy, your etchy and Moe. Yeah, <laughs> and so I started siphoning those things off of him, and that's that's how I ended up with uh, Hanako Maid and some some of those other ones that just kind of ended up in my collection. I don't know where those are now, <laughs> but at any rate, they're 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 gone. Um, but it was kind of a a. I, it, it's a weird weird time. That was a weird time for us and. And at that point, that's... Oh, that was when I had that big old binder full of yeah. pirated stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what that's what I mean. Is is you I, were because back were... then it was like I I was downloading so much stuff and it's yay back in the day when you didn't have bandwidth caps because of course I was in California but yeah I'd, I'd downloaded so much stuff and started burning them all on DVDs and had a huge little selection yeah but I don't really know what happened to all that one. Mm -hmm. 
Because I, when I came back into it for the the second round, I was kind of on a high horse. So it was, yeah, the etchy stuff I wasn't for, the Moe stuff I was poo-pooing. Anything that had any kind of similarity to a previous show, any kind of uh, archetypes, I was just kind of just throwing them out. And it wasn't – I guess at some point I just decided that it was like – I mean, I'm going to get nothing out of this stuff and – so just keep away from it. And then eventually at some point it just kind of gotten where I was like, you know what? I kind of want that. I kind of, I kind of get it now. It was, it, it was kind of like that awakening of the idea of it being entertainment, not that everything has to do something new. And that was the big, that was a big kind of shift was that, that concept that we got that was, you call it the brown couch, the concept of even though it's doing the same thing, there's always going to be something that might end up doing differently. But also the fact that, when people look at the new seasons, they look at any chart and that everything has to be geared towards them when, in fact, it is entertainment. They are just shows that are feeling some kind of purpose, just to be fun, just to be stupid. Some stuff just doesn't really require much thought. So, Right. We are completely missing any of these questions on my no, list. Actually, here. I thought you. I thought you were. You, you thought that I was going yeah, along with it. Yeah, you, we're we're hitting them right on 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 our on our list exactly the way you were. You had them Did, lined up. Didn't do the first question technically. Um, who are you? Um, I'm, my name is Andrew. And this is Chris, of course. We we did that at the beginning. I guess so. I guess we did do that one too at <laughs> the very beginning of it. Um, but yeah, I've been. I guess I don't really want to get too personal about it, but yeah, technically in thirties now. Said, like I said, I got into anime in the in the 90s with a friend, went off to finish high school in California, then moved over here to uh, the South and um, started doing IT. That was kind of my d- desire to do was IT stuff when I was a kid. But then eventually at some point, uh, I realized that there's two paths to IT. It's either to go to a big company and be into either Cisco or something like that, something really in-depth server-based or high programming-based and get lucky and land one of those jobs, and most likely going to be in California or Texas if you're lucky. And either that or the part of it that I enjoyed. The part of IT that I enjoyed was helping the individual, helping the consumer. My my enjoyment in computers was to help others enjoy computers, and that doesn't pay. That part of the job became big lighters. Those computers replaced like nothing. There was no there's no supporting a family or anything in the, the idea of, of support for consumers. So I decided at some point here recently that I was going to get out of IT and get into something more uh, lucrative, which was purchasing. So that's pretty much what I do now is purchasing. I My, my, my story is a little bit more complex, and it is kind of... <laughs> it's the, a long story. Yeah, it's kind of the reason why everybody's in the South. So I joined the Army straight out of uh, high school um, for reasons. But yeah, I, uh, after, after getting out of the army, I went back to California and got married a second time and ended up, uh, moving. And for reasons, I got kind of stuck here and my family came to help me out and get, uh, and they all kind of got stuck here as well. So you kind of just come here and then you get your feet stuck and then you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> But uh, I I tried to do the uh, the um, IT thing as well. Um, my my main drive was to get into IT. That's what I wanted. I my my vast dream was to become the next Bill Gates. Obviously, that never happened. But <laughs> that was my my want. Um, and I I 
I went into the other direction where Andrew went into more the uh, support side. I kind of went into the programming side. And that was really my drive. I really, really love doing the whole programming thing. I, um, I'm i a little bit more, I, this sounds worse than I mean it, but I was more in the kind of program management side. I could see how the things worked. I wasn't so good at the actual languaging skill. I was more um, flowchart. I could do that kind of stuff and um, help help the team pull together. But I never could get into a project management position and that kind of fell through. And I really, really was not good at um, IT per se. I I could do it. I could dink around. Um, people help ask me for help all the time. But in a lot of cases, most of the time I'm calling Andrew for the even more in-depth uh, uh, troubleshooting parts. Yeah, it sucks now because I'm at the I'm in a position now where whenever something breaks at my work, it's like I can't even I don't have the time to do it. So I just have to call somebody else. So I'm I'm waiting for the moment where I'm going to go. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, you, you, you lose get, that. You get you out lose of it, it so fast. Quick. Yeah, it's not. And that was funny. that was the other daunting thing was like I wouldn't mind so much having a job that was not being paid as much being with consumer uh, related IT. But the problem was is that it requires all this training to keep up with it. And mm-hmm. eventually it's like, how do you pay for that? You don't get paid enough. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of why I just kind of dropped away from it. And it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's it's fine. It, it'll, it'll work out in the end. I mean, I'm at the point now in my life where it's like, you have to choose something. <laughs> you can't keep <laughs> bouncing around. I know there's people out there that have, have, have done it later, but I, I, I like security. So when I can find a safe safe place, I'm going to jump into it. So, yeah. So that's that's us. Um, how did you get into anime? We went through all that already. Um, what is your history with anime? We pretty much gone through it as well. Why anime? What is the appeal, Chris? Oh, this is a very very complex question. <laughs> um, I if I was to put my finger on it, it's um, cartoons for adults. For lack of a better term, I hate to say it that way because it, it you just it, got everybody angry. I know. I everybody's going to because I it irks me that that same idea. But it in a way it kind of is. It's it's the idea of having a more adult story, a more um, complex uh, uh, world building. There's a lot of really really in depth things that you really truly love about anime. And it just so happens that the other reason, if you're really honest, is the fact of the artwork. It's not it's not live action. You're not sitting there watching actual people. You're watching artwork moving. And that is really what it is that you love about it. What is cartoons? It's artwork moving. I I hate to say it that way, but but you're also getting the more complex story. It, the, the artwork itself does not move technically. It is that you're seeing different frames, Chris. Yes. Just making I, sure you know you. that. I, I, I know somebody's going to point that out in the comments. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> it's it's a two-parter for me because, like we mentioned earlier, the, the Awakenings, as we're quoting the term now, is the Awakenings. Uh, my first experiences with it was, this is edgy. I was a kid. I was a teenager. I seen, you know, heads exploding. I seen... Uh, nudity, all this kind of stuff in a cartoon, quote unquote. And that's what was the thrill to me. It was like, this is this edgy stuff. My friend's showing me this edgy stuff. It's like we're, we're sneaking into the, the, the dad's room and getting the porno. It was that kind of stuff. It was like, holy crap, this is like adult stuff. And I was totally into it for that sake, was the edginess. And I can kind of 
attribute my staying with it to more the idea that I enjoy this adult storytelling, but adult movies were too boring for me. Mm-hmm. These, again, cartoons at the time, in my mindset was cartoons, that were adult stories was the appeal to me. That was what was driving me into it. What kept me in it was, again, the adult storytelling and that how it was so um, complex in its storytelling rather than just being a daily uh, or a weekly monster per episode Power Ranger kind of thing was that it had that adult storytelling. As I got older in the quote-unquote second awakening, <laughs> it was more of an escape for me. This was this thing that I knew was different than what most people that I know was watching. And it was kind of like my, my unique thing. It was what I enjoyed. And I found some kind of comfort in the idea of having something that was my own. Plus it being something that was so... Uh, it reminded me of the old days. And I think that's what kind of drew me back into it was like, this is this thing that I was into back when I was a kid. It's nostalgic. I'm into it again. And it's my escape. And that's what it turned into permanently was it's my escape. This is the thing that I, when I was tired and got home from work or whatever, this was the thing that I escaped into. Of course, in my second awakening, I was still doing video gaming. That was the other escape that I had. But side by side with it was anime. And eventually it turned into what it is now, which is the this community and, and having something that we provide to other people that, yeah, technically does drive me to watch some things that don't really appeal to me. There's some shows where I'm like, yeah, this isn't really doing anything for me, but I'll still stick with it just because it is part of this this thing that we're doing. But for the most part, it is an escape. It is when I'm tired, I get home from work, I just want to turn on my player of choice and, and watch a show and just get lost in either MOA crap or somebody having a worse time than I am <laughs> or some mystery that's going to make uh, that that's going to make me focus on that and not focus on my work something to get me away from my email inbox and that kind of stuff and that's what it kind of turned into is is an escape as I think is the the end game for it so uh the oldest known series that you have watched known series you don't have to look into the archives of anime and go I think I watched that because I was almost going to do that as well um so I kind of stuck with shows that you know people might recognize I that is a really tough question. I'm gonna say probably Utena. I I think that's probably as far back as we've gone. I, I we probably no. I guess uh, maybe the Gundams go back farther. No, I think Mock Mock Go Go. I think was the la- the oldest one that I found. You watched Speed Racer, didn't you? Yeah. Well, not truly watched it. I mean that. Yeah, that's '67. I think. Gundam was 79. Yeah, I mean, technically it was just a show that was on television. We kind of turned it on and it was like, oh, this is fun. They're shooting each other and jumping over cliffs and and he keeps turning around and waving at everybody for some reason. Yeah. (laughs) Galaxy Express 999 is the one that was like on sci-fi channel every two seconds. Uh, That's 79 as well. 78 and 79. So yeah, it it was Mock Go Go. I wonder how old Future Boy Conan was. I don't remember anything about Future Boy Conan, so don't ask me anything about it. I do want to watch that one again. Somebody needs to pick that one up, because uh, that was a that was a Miyazaki, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Miyazaki. That's seventy eight. So yeah, it's Mock Go Go, and then it's Future Boy Conan, and then it's um, Galaxy Express and Mobile Suit Gundam. Utna. The big hair makes it look like it's probably in the eighties. So <laughs> probably the yeah, that's like ninety seven. Wow. 
It just looks older than it is, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it would be early 90s, but yeah, that's that's crazy. There's some of them. It's it's so f- odd that there's some shows that you think are just way older than they actually are. And reverse, too. Making this list, I was like, that's not actually as old as I think it is. Mm-hmm. Will you ever release the Kill a Kill review? Who put that question in there? Um, No, never. My next section I have is updated questions. This is going to be questions that uh, we technically have answered, I think, in the previous Meet the uh, Host questions. But it's more of an idea of, of updating people who have listened to us for a while. Might want to get our perspective on how, how things have changed. What would you change about anime is the next question. Uh, I would like to see it more free from the constraints of production committees. That, I think, is its probably its biggest um downfall and hiccup i I, and and i don't know how to better put it i think that is the thing that causes 99 percent of our problems with anime i think there's times where it's obvious but i don't think it's always as obvious we think it is i I think the production committee in my opinion is, is something that people it's just the easiest thing to blame when there's an issue I think if there was anything that I could probably wish that it can change, and, and this goes back to our conversation about there's no silver bullet. There's no there's no silver bullet for the production committee. There's no silver bullet for how they're going to get funding. Every There's got to be some way to fork the money for it. So I, I guess if there was something I can change, it, it, I would be a wish that, uh, I guess that it was easier to make anime. Because I, I mentioned the idea a while back when we were, I think we were doing the CGI podcast, is I, I can't wait for the moment that they would be able to render characters be able to manipulate a, th- a 3D object to be able to make it animate a scene a lot easier for the actual animators, but then be able to flatten it and make it look like it is a traditional anime art. I don't like that idea because it technically, it technically takes out what we perceive as being artistic, even though there is an art to that as well. Um, not art in the sense of, of actually drawing the stuff. But at the same time, I would think it would make it easier for individuals. But at the same time, that doesn't fix the issue of what they're being paid. Yeah, I wish they... the. I guess if there's one thing that I could wish I could fix is, yeah, I wish that there was a possibility, some way that the animators themselves could get paid more money. I, I It sucks that the higher-ups get a lot of money, but that's the people that are investing in it as well. It's just a... It's, all businesses are like that, to be honest. Uh, we just focus on the idea of, for animations because we have so much passion for it. Um, so yeah, if there was something I could change, I wish that there was more money flowing in them. That way they can get everybody paid more. But that's just a a fact of life, I guess. How do you see anime has improved over the last 25 or so years? Smoother. Mm-hmm. Smoother in like how they move? Uh, I, I don't mind the... Uh, I mean, I, I guess more polished. More polished the way it looks. Uh storylines i still think they're as solid as they were before i think that at at worst i mean i guess they it could become more simplistic over time but i i i i hesitate to say that because i do think that some of the some of the stories that we get now are are just as it as in as deep if not more in depth than some of the ones that we got before but i do think that the the polishing has become phenomenal over time I, but I do also at the same time, I miss a lot of the things that the older anime have that uh, as far as the unpolished look than what they have now. 
I um I kind of disagree on the the content itself. I, I the thing is, I think the the easy answer is that the availability. So we'll get that out of the way. Availability is so much more better these days. It's not even funny. If anybody had we the, the, there's a, the running joke for those that have been around for this long is you don't realize how difficult it was back in the 90s to get an anime. You had to either find somebody that had a bootleg VHS that was ripped that had subtitles um, put onto it, or you had to find hopefully a store that carries it, and there's literally one or two episodes on a VHS tape, and you're paying a fortune for it. And that was how we got anime back then. Now, literally, you can watch the first three episodes of every... You'd go broke if you did that back in the day, and if there was as many shows back in the day, uh, to go into the shelves and grab the first three episodes of all the shows that were that season that were on VHS, you you would go broke really easily. So it is availability is, of course, the, the biggest thing is, is having that excess. So it's whenever I hear people complain about, oh, look, the player broke or something like that, it's like, you seriously have no idea. At least it played for a couple seconds before it broke. <laughs> you didn't have that back in the day. But no, I, I think the quality itself of the anime, I, I miss the artistry. Like like we mentioned that a lot with like the older shows where you have something like uh, Escaflone or Akira. Um, again, we're kind of pointing out the big budget shows, but that was, that was one of the big ones that kind of got us into it were these amazing masterpieces. And so it's kind of technically cruel to say those shows back there, these cherry-picked shows from the 80s and 90s were incredible works of art where they're not that these days because those were the ones that were the they – were, they were breaking bank doing the budgets they were had on those. You don't see shows that have those budgets anymore because they had that little bubble that kind of happened. But if you look, if you look at like the overall spectrum of the shows, we kind of mentioned the idea of uh, is anime dying? Is this concept of technically there's just more shows these days, and so not all of them are trying to be artistic masterpieces. They're not all trying to be animation uh, knockouts. So I, I think overall, yeah, I like that things are more polished. It's of course the HD era. Uh, it's no longer digi paint, so it doesn't have that kind of blurry effect to it. That is improved. Uh, Storytelling-wise, I think that there's a lot more depth to the stories these days, just because I think writers have advanced in anime. Yeah, there is still the holdouts from back in the day, but even those ones, when I go back and watch them, it's like, yeah, I guess technically I thought that was a better story than it actually was, because back then my mind was being blown by these concepts that they were introducing, where that, that's kind of common uh, common play these days. So I think storytelling has improved, but there are still some holdouts from back in the day that are still masterpieces that have still not been uh, trumped these days. But overall, I think, yeah, the, the quality, the, the availability, the polish, the sound quality, all that stuff has, of course, improved over the, over the days, which is, which is good. So I guess to go along with the availability is technically there's more shows than ever because it's like, again, pointing back to the Is Anime Dying podcast episode, I went through and kind of mathematically put together like not much mathematical, but just looking at how many shows were in like each season in the 90s versus how many shows are in each season these days. Whereas there's only like three shows back then, there's literally 40-some shows each season these days. So there's more uh, more variety to go with than ever before. Plus, uh, if you're a big fan, you have, you have more than you know what to do with. You, there's always something to watch. And that's why I've somehow accumulated over 1,200 shows uh, recently just watching all the different shows. I mean, every season, we're, um, every year, we're consuming upwards of, you know, 100, 200 shows. So um, it's really easy to get a backlog of, of, of shows that you've watched really quickly. 
But yeah, um, what do you think you should get back, or what do you what do you wish you could get back into anime that was from back in the day, from the golden age of anime in the nineties, the one that the age that was perfect, Chris? <laughs> like I said, uh, I I I kind of miss the um, the old style of drawing, hand drawn. Mm-hmm. I I I think that I miss cells. Huh? There's there's just so much beauty to cells. Yes, like I, when I, we were watching the old Gundams, it was like. You just realize at some point, yeah, there's a lot of reused animation, especially in those 50 episode shows. But when you have something that was like, you know, more the shorter OVAs, it's like these are just if you think about how much effort was put into this, well, they're animating this mecha that looks so cool. Well, that, that's just like um, me walking through the through the living room and they and, and my parents were watching uh, The Little Mermaid and watching the, the hand drawn lines. um uh, bouncing around in 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 one frame, and 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 I literally, I I it brought me to tears knowing how much time was invested in each one of those frames. It, it, there's just something to be said for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I guess that's kind of in the the range that I'm at for something that I wish I can bring back. It's it's more just budget because I know they can still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus probably uh, mech designers because I know that there's like a shortage of people that actually do mech design just because they just do cg anymore there's there's i don't know if they didn't pay them so they kind of left but there was this i seen an interview at some point where they're talking about this idea that uh mech designers aren't there anymore and they were just everywhere back in the day because they had budgets for them but these days they just throw in a a, a, a cgi design and they throw the cgi into the the mix rather than have somebody actually draw a mecha that actually moves around and that was i think partly to do with probably the budgeting so I wish that, th- that there was that budget that was there back in the day and that that drove uh, more creative people. Because I think we're losing the most talented animators because nobody wants to get into it. Why would you want to get into it when there's not enough pay? So there, even though I do kind of uh, – I, I go against the mold when everybody says that animators should get paid a whole bunch of money because I say that they're, that's just business. That's And it's not me to say – poo-poo they should never get paid it's just more of the idea that i'm a realist and so that makes me note that all these other companies do the same exact thing animation is not gonna be any different but yes i do wish that they got paid more because then we would get these creative people back and we would have people that were more passionate about uh you know drawing more frames to the character drawing these amazing things and making them move which i don't think we really have as much anymore and i think that'll improve if they actually have the budget they used to have did Having we... Escaflone budgets on every anime would be great. <laughs> Did we in- inadvertently uh, skip the regressed question? Um, yeah, I kind of thought it was kind of mixed in with the previous one, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to answer that one as well, how do you think anime has regressed? Um, I, I, I think if if you look at our industry as a whole, or our fan, not not our fandom, the industry, the the industry that is serving us as a fandom. Um, if you look at that, I, I think that they have started repeating a lot of the mistakes that they made in the early 2000s, uh, or yeah, the early 2000s going into the the first anime or the anime bubble that that popped a while while ago. Um, I think that that a lot of those same mistakes are being repeated in a different way, but they are repeating the same mistakes. So you're talking about regress. That's technically looking at a three or four year bracket of yeah. regression. Because technically, the improvement is the fact that we have the availability. And the regress at the very tip of that would be that we're kind of falling the same 
yeah molds which i think i agree uh because that was going to be my point is the idea that whereas i sit there and kind of chime the fact there's more anime now than ever we have 40 some <laughs> shows a season something's gonna break something eventually is gonna break that we have too many shows none of them are getting uh as much payback there's a lot of companies that are going bankrupt because they're not seeing much return on their stuff so there is this element of like I hope that they're making plenty of that money in stage shows and stuff like that because they're not selling Blu-rays. <laughs> and that's obvious. Like we, We've mentioned before the idea that technically Blu-rays aren't where they're making their money. They're making their money on stage shows. They're making their money on, on uh, CD sales. They're making money on all these things that the uh, technically the committee is actually going, gunning for. They're gunning for them to sell the CDs. They're not, they're not putting their money in there so they can sell Blu-rays of the show. They're putting their money in there so they can sell the records that they're, that they're putting along with it. So... There's, there's an element of, like, there's too many, that there's something's going to have to break. But I do agree with you. There's technically this recent regression that's happening where we have so much stuff on our end as well that there is this element of um, of screw-ups that shouldn't be there. And I think a lot of it is me being a huge fan of, of, of collecting uh, the actual physical releases, seeing them do just sloppy work at some of the stuff. It's like, this is stuff that happened back in the day. It shouldn't happen these days. Back then... These companies were like this animation thing. Let's let's just go ahead and see if we can make some money off of it. Throw a couple of, of subtitles on it, ship it out, and they had like crappy subtitles and whatnot. These days, you know that there's a fandom. You know that you need to make a proper quality released. Again, I I, I hate harping on it. I, I I hate now that I harp on it so much, but it's a really easy example. The ReZero release here recently. They should have noted that there was a poor quality they received from Japan, and they should have fixed it. Not just said, well. Sorry, shrug, because that's the only release that we're ever going to get. They don't realize that when they do these releases, that's all we are ever going to get. So if you have passionate fans about these shows, I love the hell out of ReZero. I'm never going to get a quality release of it. And that frustrates me to no end. And so they have to take this stuff more seriously because there's a passionate fandom for this stuff. Yeah. So uh, if you had five wishes surrounding anime, what would they be? Mm. this is probably gonna be more you want to think on this one i have a few that i can throw out there go for thinking. it and um, are we going with fantastical or <laughs> anything you want i'm gonna make fa- i'm gonna make waifus real i'm gonna agree with that one with but that's that's a dangerous thing because like i kind of joked about or well i actually seen somebody joking about and i kind of stole it uh the idea that if, you, if your waifu was real she probably would ignore you <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i'd probably be the side character they would ignore <laughs> they would go after the protagonist and i mean crap Oh, yet I want my I want to make waifus real. If I was a protagonist, there you go. Yeah, I want I want uh, any figure that I want for free at any time. So if I if I see a figure pop up there, I'm gonna say I want that one, and they have to send it to me. I I could go with that. I, I'm a simple man. <laughs> I, could, I could probably wish for all these studios to have all the money in the world, but they probably not make animation. They'd probably just go get drunk all the time if I did that. So you, there's there's the double edged blade. Don't forget that. I want Neon Juice Evangelion in Blu-ray already. <laughs> I want the collection in Blu-ray already. Give it to me. Uh, and I want to... This might be a little bit twisted to some people. I want Satoshi Kon back. And if I can't have Satoshi Kon back to make new uh, new projects, I just want his works in Blu-ray format to release over here. That would be, that would be nice. Because, like, Lonely Actress and all that kind of stuff, they... I don't know who has them, but they need to be released on Blu-ray already. So, I want a... I, I I I'm I'm definitely on board with the making waifus real. See, now we have five. <laughs> we have ten wishes if we just kind of work together. Yeah. Uh, good. Give me some good. I ones. want 
the magical disruptor to uh, appear already. And and this is going back to our 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 anime industry conversation. Going back to that again is I want our magical. Uh, silver bullet, as Andrew said. I want I want that to happen already. It'd be done with, uh, disrupt the entire industry, revamp the whole thing. Uh, we're already through so you want the... My di- you want my digital pocket to come out? Yes, I want the, the digital pocket. The, for those that have listened to us for a long time, you know what the digital pocket is. The digital pocket's going to happen because he's wishing for it. Um, I, 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 I do. I, I want, I want whatever it is that I, because whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And it's going to throw our entire, it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. And I hope it's well, a good it's thing. Well, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bad thing at first. And then it's going to revamp the entire well, yeah, system cause... and then it'll be good. And it'll be 10 times better than it is now. I want it already. Yeah, businesses that... find a way. They're going to find a way. So that that I think is is probably my biggest wish, and that that does cap in, encapsulate a whole bunch of wishes if you think about it. So it, does that? Do I still get uh, three more? Uh, you can you can go for cat girls. We can have we can we have genetically modified cat yeah, girls. Well, That'd as long good. as as long as there's dog girls and as as well. Yeah, Inu. We can Inu, Inu I, well. I gotta have my Inus. Um, so so we could we could go for that as a as. A, I guess and, that kind of mixes in with the the waifu thing. So I guess that's technically right there. <laughs> So um, then, so so now, I I I, I, I should have broadened I should have broadened my figure thing to being whatever memorabilia I want. I can have. So then I can like I want that art that art book plus I want a little signature on there as well. Thank you. I kind of wish um, uh, <laughs> I would have no room for any of this stuff. <laughs> I would just grab everything that way I can sell the stuff that I don't really want, and then I can get a bigger place to put all the stuff in. See, I'm cheating the system. I kind of wish I could, um, I could, I could pick the brains of some of these, some of these artists, and or 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 like Momoro Hosoda just kind of randomly pops up at my house and says, Let, "Give me a story, so I can, I can just vomit all my so, ideas." So, into Wolf this Children, he <laughs> <laughs> comes back again. I need another story again. So, um, Wolf Children, <laughs> let's do Wolf Children two. Let's do Wolf Children three decades before. So yeah, I I I I I think that's that's probably good. I I, I think I got all five there somewhere. Maybe yeah, maybe somewhere maybe now. less. <laughs> somewhere that's fine. Uh, that was on the spot. So, how do you see the fandom now versus the eighties, nineties, the two thousands, and twenty ten? So basically, each bracket of your awakenings. How do you see the fandom has changed? This is a this can be a very very complex question later on. So. 80s, I think that we were really coming into our own. I, I think that we really were in our infancy. We just kind of, we were we were bouncing around, and and whoever had the anime was king. They they were the ones who were the stuff because they they actually, had a brother or cousin who had a connection. <laughs> um, in the 90s. I, I I don't know. I that I believe is more my time that I didn't really I guess I guess the nineties was more kind of the the what I just answered for the eighties. Eighties I, I was still a kid, so forget that. Um now the two thousands, that is really kind of when I had my first awakening per se, and I would say it was too hard to find what you wanted. It Yep, and at the same time, we had everything we wanted. It just was still, it was still tucked away, just outside of our reach. So we could find 
maybe one show or one episode of one show, but we couldn't find the rest of the show. So, and we still had communication problems with, with Japan. So it was really kind of a weird time frame. The 2010s, I, I think that was really when we were just finding our legs and we really were having fun at that point. And that goes right into where we are now, where we're just, we, we have so much, we don't even know what we, we have anymore. We, we have no clue what, what was back then compared to what we have now. Yeah. I, I, I can't say that I was completely uh, connected to the fandom back in the nineties, definitely not the eighties. The 90s was really a thing of my connection to the fandom was through my friend. And my friend was pretty much the one that was going to the local, the, the certain places that actually had these little pockets of, of, of collections and, and some sort of connection to a fandom. So my connection to it wasn't really all that solid. It was really just kind of hearing it from him. Whatever, whatever was the big, uh, shocker was, was information that was passed down from him. So I was able to kind of get a, a, a slight ear into it. As the age of the internet kind of happened, especially going into the two thousands, it was a, it was a thing of um, it was it was kind of a discovery. It was a, it, it felt like a lot of discovery because there was a lot of people that were kind of just shooting out. This is this great thing. I have it here. Come download it here. Here, check this one. See this one. It was kind of this this crazy. It was pretty much what people describe as being like the college days of the club, and and somebody coming in with the VHS tapes with this new collection that they need to check out, and everybody sitting down and watching it. It was that, but it was in a it was in a, a confined room, and it was just these links that were just being passed out like crazy, and and the availability was kind of blowing up. But yeah, I do agree. That was I, I'm glad you mentioned that. There was this element of like. There's this one thing missing for some reason. <laughs> there was this one OVA that we don't have, and so everybody's trying to find this one OVA, or if they can find the OVA, they're trying to find somebody to translate it. So it's this kind of this 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 meeting room of like you know Evangelion. Everybody's in a, a circle, and there's all these lights on them, and everybody's trying to figure out where's the next one at, and how can we how can we discover where the how can we get how can we get somebody to subtitle this, and so we can seed it out to everybody. So was that, that was an element that I was kind of running into, and I and I had a lot of. I had like a literally a web browser full of links to all these. There was individual sites to different fandoms. There was I remember there was one that was Inuyasha, and that's all they did was Inuyasha uh, uh, fan subs. And so there was the element of the the growing fan sub uh, genre and and the growing seating genre and the and the making all the IPs double guess themselves about giving everybody unlimited access to the internet. I remember theory crafting the crap out of bleach. I remember <laughs> we, we had a huge debate about whether or not, uh, Kenpachi was, was stronger than, uh, 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 Ichigo for the longest time. And, and, and we, I remember theory crafting based on the idea of whether or not, um, uh, what, what, it, is Kenpachi more powerful because of the fact that he has not actually, uh, uh, what, what bankaid and, 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 and because of that fact, if he was to actually, he, he had, um, so much pa- spiritual power. Um, the problem was, is that he, he refused to acknowledge the name of his, 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 uh, his, uh, um, his uh zanpakuto and so therefore he's actually is more stronger than ichigo the problem is is he just never actually did that and so it was just a huge debate on that 
I was scrolling through my list for another podcast episode outline I was putting through, and and I ran into the bleach one. I was like, I've watched more episodes than that that I put on my analyst, and so I had to look. I looked over Crunchyroll, and I'm scrolling through all the thumbnails, and I'm like, holy crap! I was closer to the end than I thought I was. I thought they went on longer than that. I'm like, I really should have finished that back when it was fresh in the mind. I really one of these days, one of these days, one time, time, one of these days. Oh, I'm so far behind on the actual show. I gave up on the show way back in, um, I want to say, just before the um, just before the end of the Eisen arc. Let's just put it that. And that was my point of getting off of this show and jumping full on into the, the manga. And I never turned back to the, the show at all. But that does bring a good point is the idea that back then it was also this fun thing about not really knowing, well, at least for me and the and the groups that I was in, it was there was this non-knowing of the source material. Like back then, again, in my circles, we didn't really, there was no uh, translations happening for mangas. Well, there was translations happening for mangas, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as, as thrill or as, as openly it is, it is now. Back then, yeah, you did have fan subbers for comics and stuff like that. Night novels, I don't think really existed much. So there was a lot of the source material, a lot of it we didn't really have context to go by. So there wasn't, there was less, oh yeah, I read the manga, this happens, that there is these days. Back then it was, it was just kind of everybody was in, in my circles was just kind of just strictly the anime themselves. We didn't even know there was source materials for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, a lot of mystery about what was going to happen around the corner. Whereas these days, again, you have to dodge, okay, this has a source material, gotta, gotta dodge stuff. Um, whereas these days, I think uh, that's, part of the the change in the community is is that having more access to other things there's more uh splintering of the fandoms there's the full-on anime fans there's the dub fans there's the the fans that are into the light novels there's a lot of people that are giving up on anime to go light novels and mangas because there's such access to it i've actually seen a lot of people who say yeah i just gave up on it i just do the light novels or i just do the, the mangas because they're better and so there is that kind of element. There's this increase of fandoms and visual novels as well. This is something that's kind of growing as well. There is a there is a an appeal to that. I I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I I mean it, going back to our our one of our first questions was um you know what is it what is the appeal to anime and one of my first answers is the story. I a lot of it is the story. The um and so. Well, if the story is already in the manga or the the light novel, plus we don't have to wait for four seasons to get the next part when we can just go right straight into the next. That was something I was going to say. If I can insert that into my improved earlier was (laughs) the fact that I wish the stuff got full adaptations. I hate these shows that stop. Yep. It's it's the Spice and Wolf. It's the... uh, Mad, you look at Madhouse's list. You're gonna see a bunch of stuff in there that's just not finishing. And it's like these these shows that I love so much, and then it's like, but there's no ending to it. Where where's the rest of this? Land Illustrious, uh, uh, ReZero. Um, I can look at Grimgarv, Fantasy and Ash, uh, School Live. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm I can just point to every single light novel manga that I have up on my shelf. Berserk, uh, um, Gundam no, Origin. No yeah, no game, no life. All these, all these shows that I end up going into the light novels, which I haven't got a time to actually do them, uh, because they're not finishing them. Uh, Flowers of Evil had to had to get the completion of that one out of the manga. So, it it it, it is it, it is a frustrating thing. Is do do we do we that and that's that's something that I don't know if we've really seriously kicked it around, but we've tossed the idea out here and there. Is 
do we go into reviewing the mangas or the the uh the light novels but that is a commitment that if mm-hmm. we do that it's really going to affect our anime watching no matter how you look at it because the time invested in actually reading versus actually watching something is phenomenally uh, a, a huge change in, in the investment of our time. And that's the disappointing thing, too, because my mindset anymore as an anime fan has turned to what we do here. A lot of my drive is to what we do here. So a lot of my investments into my time is, well, I need to make sure I do a review for it because I want to make sure that we get a benefit out of it for the podcast. So that's like when I watch Fate, uh, Fate uh, Extra. It's like, I okay, this week i got to do the review for it so I don't forget anything out of it. Whereas things like manga and stuff like that, it takes so long to, to read them. Eventually, when it comes around to reviewing it, if I don't do it immediately, I'll forget about it. I, I read all of Claymore and forgot about doing the review on it. So now it's like, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I still remember the story, but I don't, I can't really give a full perspective of the review. Norgami is still going. That's the other problem is that a lot of these are still technically going on as well. So at some point, if you do the review for it, I still got to go back and reread the entire thing so that I have a full perspective of when I do a review for it. Uh, But Norgami was another one that I went back and and got the manga just because I love that series and I I want to see more of it. So, yeah. Outside of that, for the community, I... I think my my only negatives for the communities as a whole is really just kind of a, a perspective on the internet as a whole. I, I think you can't really blame the anime fandom for its negatives because I see it in all fandoms and I see it in the internet in general. And that's this is concept of I, I think there's probably still great communities outside of the internet, but when it comes to the internet, unless you're in a pocket, it's kind of uh, gross. I, I think internet as a whole has kind of gotten a little bit gross. So it is it is kind of grabbing onto these discords and these groups of people that you do enjoy being around and com- conversing with them. Whereas I think a lot of my locations that are outside of those those knit communities, like our community, I kind of stay away from. Like like Twitter, I love speaking to certain people individually, but Twitter as a whole, I don't really uh, <laughs> I don't really engage with the Twitter sphere as a whole, really just kind of my follow the people that are following me and I'm following just because I think the internet as a whole with the internet, with Twitter and stuff, is just kind of a little bit toxic. So I agree. I, I, I was getting ready to say, say the same thing is I, I think that the, the, the fandom is kind of fracturing in a, in a huge way. And I, I, I think that you're right. It's not, it's not just our, it's, not anime. it's everything. Yeah. Everything is doing the same exact thing. All, everything is fracturing. And so, um, it's all toxic and that's really, really frustrating to see that it is so toxic. It's even come into our own fandom and it, it hurts. I think it hurts the fandom just because it's, I think anime was one of the later ones to be affected by it just because anime fandom is, as a whole is used to being prosecuted on a regular basis or persecuted by uh, individuals. So when it comes to the internet attacking them, it's like whatever. And they usually kind of throw it back in their faces. We, we were used to it. But it is it is kind of slowly getting its its teeth into us, and I think it's like I said, you have to be very careful about who you engage with, get your communities. I hate the idea of doing that just because it kind of puts you into a echo chamber. But at the same time, that's what friendships are: is echo chambers. It's it's friends that you enjoy being around, and and if you if you broaden yourself anymore these days with with social media, it's you're opening yourself up to being kind of put into a negative sphere that I don't. Especially for me, in my my current lifespan or my current spot in life, it's like I I, I don't want to have anything to do with that stuff. <laughs> you can you can you guys have your fun over there. 
if Twitter blew up tomorrow, I'd be perfectly fine with it. I, I'd actually be not the the company, just the, the the data. Don't get me wrong there. I would be perfectly fine with with Twitter shutting down tomorrow. I'd be perfectly fine with Facebook shutting down tomorrow, just because I think humanity would be better as a whole if they got away from social media these days. So, yeah. So, that, like I said, that's not really a critique to the community itself or the anime fandom. It's just more of a a critique to the internet's. So, let's see. How has your taste changed in the last five years? This is a good one. I don't like dark anymore, <laughs> and I like cute and fun. I that that's comes down to a lot of it. I, I, but I also think that that is part of like we were talking about in a second ago is the toxicity. It's just I'm tired of all the anger and angst and anything stressful. Just makes puts me on edge, and I don't want it. And now life is 10 times worse. And so therefore I'm even more stressed. And so I just want fun, fluffy. I don't want to worry about what's inside of somebody's gut. And so, and I you don't have that. to worry because it just blurs it out anyways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just light bars and shadows anyways, Chris. No, I, I, from the early from the nineties, I pretty much consumed anything. If it was if it was moving characters, I was I was consuming. I didn't really care. I was watching Sailor Moon. I was watching Dragon Ball Z. Even though, like I said, Sailor Moon was technically the girls' version, and Dragon Ball Z was the boy version. Uh, for you know those that were kind of uh, acknowledged in it at, back in the day, but for me, it didn't really matter. So I pretty much watched everything. Uh, as I went into like the two thousands, I was kind of more focused on things that were adult and serious. It was like. I just want the stuff that makes you think. Anything else is just kind of in the way. And then, like I said, at some point when I had that kind of third awakening, uh, when we kind of started getting more into this stuff, was this kind of moment where I, yeah, very early on when we did the podcast, anything that was fluffy moe, etchy, uh, anything that was kind of repeating the same thing, I was kind of just throwing off the side. And so my, my taste has then, again, changed coming here recently is pretty much I'll watch anything. And... I don't even I don't even uh, uh, subscribe to the whole concept of the three episode point. I'm looking for anything these guys are willing to tell. If they're if they're making this show, they're obviously looking to tell something. It might not be something compelling. It might be something that's completely stupid and just wants to make you laugh. But that's what they're trying to tell you, and that's what I'm kind of looking for with any of these shows. And I I guess it's I guess I become desensitized to the etchy. I, I guess I guess I've become. Uh, okay with it and I, I i guess some people could see that be a bad thing is that you're you're okay with with uh, nudity or whatever or, or etchy in a show but it's just it's kind of not really it doesn't really bother me anymore just because it's it's just there and in some cases it's something i really enjoy at the same time things like moe and stuff like that is for me like you were kind of mentioning earlier is it's my escape when i come home from a stressful day of work and i turn on what right now is is uh the the cheer show is like anima cheer anime anima anima cheer anima yell anima yell it's like that's my that's my sugar show it's like I turned it on and they're they're smiling and they're they're cheering on the the basketball team basketball senpai and that's that's what kind of lifts me up it's like this is my this is my get away from uh, life and just enjoy my escape and so that I said earlier so yeah a lot of the Moe shows have kind of turned into those sugar shows that just kind of brighten me up and get me. 
uh, I guess <laughs> instead of some people who go through Twitter and look for those videos that say this will uh, this will respark your hope for humanity, and it's some person helping a dog. <laughs> it's, it's looking at cute moe girls for me, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's, that's kind of where my taste has changed. I'm I'm more acceptive of things. I'm more open to things. I want to give everything a shot uh, because it's it's where I it's 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 become my thing for anime viewing. It's become it was technically what we sold people on for our podcast was this. This this podcast that actually watches all these shows that everybody goes, yep, ain't happening. Let's throw that out the door because that's too moe or that's too uh, similar to the last show that's like that. Oh, that's another isekai show. We don't need to watch that one. We already know where it's going. And that's something that we never wanted to do. So so I guess it's it's the community that kind of has, has shaped me. Because I know early on I was the Debbie Downer all the time. I was like, yeah, I watched that. It was too... It was too moe, and it was not doing anything. And Chris is like, I love this show. I love this show. <laughs> so that's how he has changed as well, as he no longer just loves this show. He wants to tell you about how he loves this show. I'm trying. He gets five more words added to the end of it. I just added four out of five. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see here. I also have gotten into manga and light novels, like I said earlier, about the the, the change in the um, availability as we've had this recent increase of uh, publications for light novel and manga, and that has been... Something I've really been enjoying because not only do we get light novels and, and mangas, it's not literally 10 years after the show broadcast and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I'm not really too into it these days. Now these days, you literally have these shows or these companies are being told about these shows beforehand. They're able to get early access to uh, publishing rights so that they can get them out the door the moment the show's on. That's That's incredible. And that's and that, that's really that, that is a huge, a huge, uh, even if you don't think that is something that is a really good thing, I, I think that a lot of us who are actually taking advantage of that have act, actually, uh, do actually realize the implications of what that is. And I mean, I know it from our, our perspective of being somebody who's been in the fandom, like Andrew was mentioning for a long time when we didn't even realize that there was these things called the source material, if you want to call it that. Um, we we just knew that there was the anime, and we went, oh, this is this is a great show. I love love my Tenchi, but th- what are you talking about, a manga? A manga meant nothing to us. And nowadays, I mean, yeah, even when we started, when, I mean, I, Bleach was really the first time that I really kind of got became aware of the um, the manga sphere. Um, I I remember and and Bleach and 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 Skip Beat were around the same time. Well, it was funny because back then it was like a lot of it was like, oh, they made a manga based off that anime. <laughs> it's like no, dude, it's the other way around. And, and but but that and, and the funny thing is is we were aware. I I was aware of Shonen Jump. It, it's because Shonen Jump. That's where that's where we uh, we kind of uh, if you followed it you kind of got an extension of of dragon ball z so i mean shonen jump had been around for forever it's it's always been there but it's never been kind of the the mainstream i mean that's that's if you stop and think about it i remember going to uh to the uh the 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 grocery store and on occasion some of them would have the uh the manga uh uh, like Otaku USA or something like that, where you could pick up the 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 magazine and get a little bit of a, a catch up for some of your your mangas. But even at that, it wasn't really a mainstay. 
And that was the problem is it wasn't really in your face because we didn't have the the numbers that we do now. And now we do have the numbers and these shows and these uh, these publishing companies are starting to match that. Yeah. And not, not to say that when I was talking about earlier that I that, that we didn't know there was any manga or light novels active. It was just one of those things where there was just a very few that we were aware of. Like, yeah, aware of that there was some content for Inuyasha. Aware of where there was content that was for Tenchi Moyo. I literally had, I think I still have it, uh, a, a copy of the of a Tenchi Moyo manga that I got way back in the day from a friend. So there was that knowledge there. It's just it was a, a lot different than... Um, yeah, getting the manga, getting the light novels, which is probably to my detriment because I'm, I, I'll mention it later. Is it's my collection is growing, and light novels, of, of, amongst anything, is probably the most time consuming to go through just because I'm not a fast reader. I, I bet if I did kind of stick with it, I'd probably get faster with it. But I've never been a quick reader, so that does make it difficult. I'm still working on Spice and Wolf. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. How was your outs- How has your outside life changed while being a fan? Are you more open about it? Question mark. I don't go announcing it, and that <laughs> everybody I, think, I like anime movies. I think that I think that would probably be the only way that I'd be more open about it. Um, if I have talked to people about it here and there, but it's not it's not something that I go out of my way to to announce um if i see somebody with a uh gaming gamer shirt i may mention it i I, uh but it's usually in in regards to hey do you like um do you like anime as well you know if you like anime it sucks because i remember back in the day if you found somebody that was in a gaming they were most likely new anime and nowadays it seems like there's so much more broad acceptance of video games that it's hard to find somebody that is in the anime that is in the gaming yeah it's it's kind of one of those weird things. It's like the gaming sphere grew, but the the connection with that with anime was not because back in the day when it was like in the '90s and stuff, PlayStation was like a hit, and PlayStation was releasing tons of JRPGs and stuff. And so there was that 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 was that in there, and I think that was quite a lot of people were were brought into anime through JRPGs, but. It's not so much anymore, which kind of sucks. It's, it's kind of funny because I had I had mentioned that I had seen somebody come through with a um, a gamer shirt, and I said, "Hey." I'm a big gamer too. Do you, do you know what anime is? Oh yeah. Do you know who Crunch uh, Otaku Spirit is? No. Do you know what Crunchyroll is? Yeah. Do you know the anime <laughs> awards? Yeah. Guess what? My brother did one of those. <laughs> yeah, I was telling somebody at a a vape store about that. It was kind of cool. Anyways, um. I haven't really changed at all. I like. I think I mentioned before. Usually, whenever we have this conversation, it's usually just my usual. Um, I'm not very open about it, and it's more so because I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of it affecting my job because there's a lot at stake with my job. So it's like I don't really want to have that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to hide it from people, but at the same time, I'm not kind of openly, you know, yelling it at the top of the the heels. Uh, it's just every now and then I'll kind of see a little opening there and I'll kind of converse with somebody about it and see either the whole thing where you kind of prod at them and is this, is, is this familiar? Is this familiar? Okay. Well then this, all right. It's just a kind of a slow prodding process. It's not really so much being open. Now my, my closest associates that I work with, they all know um, that I'm into it. And, but I'm not like, since the fact that none of them really are into it, I don't really kind of talk about it on a regular basis. I might find a really cool story and say, or a really cool scene, like the the whole scene in Ajin with the 
uh, Sato chopping off his arms. Like, I, I got to show it to somebody. <laughs> I got to show it to him. I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, it's anime. <laughs> uh, so there's kind of those little moments of, of, of poking and prodding and showing people things, but not really too open about it. Um, just mainly because it's, like I said, it's, there's still so much stigma about it. And that's really my only hold off is the, is the stigma regarding it. You don't really want to be too open because you're afraid of that stigma affecting your uh, business life. So it's something I kind of have to worry about. We, we were having the discussion about doing like the trap episode and stuff like that. And that was that, that conversation comes up of like, well, do we talk about this because the stigma behind it? So something you have to think about. Let's see here. How is your collection? Yeah. How is your, how is your collection? I guess it's really just a question for me because I know that you're pretty much all of my stuff is included in Andrew's stuff. So <laughs> I, I, I was doing a tally of my stuff and I went into his, his room and I'm looking at his, his detox and I'm like, I don't even remember which ones are yours and which ones are mine. Is, is the girl from your line April? Is that one mine? I was like, I literally have to go back and look at the videos. Cause I just don't really, I don't really keep track of it. You well originally enough. got the, the, your line April for Love yourself. It's beautiful. You, you, you gave it to me or at least you put it in my boxes. So, yeah, I ran out of space in here a long time ago. <laughs> I have to make new shelves here soon. I tallied up. I got an app that you all you have to do is tap the screen and it keeps tallying up a number. It's kind of like one of those little uh, you know, counting vehicles going down the street kind of tallying thing. And I was shocked to see how much light novels and mangas I have now. 267 light novels and mangas. Individual volumes. These are individual volumes or individual parts of Blu-rays and stuff like that. Uh, 416 DVD and Blu-ray box sets. And 87 figures. And I have, like, literally a bunch of stuff coming from Sentai Filmworks here soon, which is going to increase the Blu-ray and DVDs. But, um... And I... I, Literally, all of that is in the last, you know, four or five years, because when I got back... The third awakening, quote-unquote, was pretty much just this blow-up of of getting into all this stuff and really kind of diving headfirst when I really shouldn't, because it's not... Um, good for your wallet or credibility as a person who invests <laughs> when you buy a bunch of stuff or pay into waifus like Ishtar last night. <laughs> Fake go. Killing me. Uh, let's see here. I've also had an increase of digital mangas as well. I, I'm not a... If those, that, if those that have listened to us for a long time know that prior to this was, for me at least, was a lot of gaming. I was really into gaming and I was collecting a lot of gaming-related uh, stuff. And I was always against digital purchases because I like having physical copies because I'm used to the olden days where you can put a cartridge in a, in a Super NES and be able to play it. And then literally I have them in our closet. I can pull out the Super NES and still play it today even though it's been long gone. Whereas these days you 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 buy a digital game and it's literally – it can come off the store. So when it came to my fandom in anime, I had the same mentality. I don't want – to buy a Kindle version of something when literally they could take it off the store tomorrow because, I don't know, Goblin Slayer does something offensive and then Amazon takes it off their store. What happens to my copy? It just disappears because I literally just bought, I bought a use of it. I don't, I don't own it. And that's the concern I always have. But here recently, yeah, just acknowledging space issues, I started to get into digital manga just because, I don't think I can ever read all the stuff I want and have enough space. I mean, maybe in the future, maybe, if I have more room. But as it stands now, I don't really have the room for it. So 
I got like all the Alive series, Goblin Slayer, Apozims, To Your Eternity, all that kind of stuff is I've been doing uh, inside Mario. I want to get the physical copy of that one still, though. So, yeah, that's that's been a change for me as well is, is collecting digital copies as well, which I shouldn't. Uh, biggest moments in otaku spirit history. I guess I guess the the thing with collections as well is just uh, what is your what is your, you've mentioned before, but just for the sake of this, what is, what is your your most prized collectives, collection things, objects of collections? What's what's the term? My most prized <laughs> my most prized figure is uh, Tama easily. Um, my f- most prized manga. I think I think your Congo uh, is pretty amazing too. I really like that one. Is her name Congo? Uh, From, no, uh, she is. Oh, I thought her name was Congo. Oh, you're killing me! I thought it was Congo this whole time. No, she is. Oh gosh. Arpeggio. Congo is the uh, blue is blue hair. Steel. Congo. No, she's blue hair. See, oh, no, no, no. Boom. <laughs> is that her? I'm sorry. No, that's not her. She's got. Uh, that's the other chick. She's got the meat, meatball head. Yeah, you're right. Um, um she, oh my gosh, why can I not think of her name? <laughs> she was my favorite character too. Hot or not. not, yeah. I just like the jacket. I gotta go back and watch that one. I really do. Well, who is blue hair? Takao. That's right. Okay. Anything else? Anyway, Tama's my 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 prized possess- my prized figure. Um I thought that would be your no game with life Shiro. Yeah, I really, really love her, but Tama <laughs> Tama beats her because I, she's just freaking gorgeous. Um, and very expensive. And very expensive. That that adds an element to it. Sorry. Yeah, that too. Um, I would probably say my my prized manga will probably be my Flowers of Evil collection. Um, and of course, No Game No Life for my thing. Uh, I'll go with my skip beat for my anime. I think that's everything covered, right? No, I I take that back. I may actually say Armitage on my. Still have that old thing. Well, I mean, because, yeah, I do have, I have, like, the Neon Jersey Evangelion set. That's, like, my my prize because you can't get it anymore. It's, like, literally, you could probably find, I don't know, one of these premium box sets from Sentai Filmworks probably somewhere on the internet somewhere. Not be too out of pocket, but that that Evangelion set is just unheard of, I think, to find anymore. Or if you do find it, it's probably a bootleg that looks like it. Yeah. But that goes with my 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 ghost in a shell. Same thing is that's it's just I've had it forever. Adding again to the idea of the investment element, yes, technically the entire uh, Yuki Yuna set being expensive, it is the entire Monogatari series is is my prize because it's so expensive. All of the unlimited blade works and Fate Zero, anything Anaplex is probably going to be prized because of how expensive they are. The Garden of Sinners, all those kind of things. I think for manga. I don't really have anything that's like super prized. I mean, I really enjoy my uh, my Claymore box set's really cool. Uh, I'm really glad that I got all the Gundam Origins and I enjoy my Noragami set. Uh, light novels. I don't really have anything that's particularly stand out other than the fact that I've been collecting the uh, Spice and Wolf. I have the collector's edition Spice and Wolf, and then the uh, um, Monogatari light novel set. So, I think for figures. Oh man, I don't know. I, I I think I kind of always back off into like the usual the um saber motorcycle one which I wanted for the longest time and I end up getting 
uh, finding a good deal for it before they re-released it. All of my Rams, of course, are my prized ones as well. One of these days, I'll get Rory Mercury from you. Probably Carcaptor Sakura. That one was pretty incredible as well. And I really enjoy the um, Ranger Murata. The one the run from Ranger Murata was really cool as well because that's one of my favorite artworks. So, Yeah, and I got a lot of Ranger Murata art books, which I always love those as well. Those are another one of those ones I never think about at the time that we're talking about. If there's a fire, what do you do? <laughs> but those are definitely ones that I would run out the door with. And my, uh, my prints of uh, Angel Beats and Clown Otter is great as well. I still have like some things that I haven't been able to find a place to put them, like the canvas print from Grisaia. I thought it was gorgeous as well. Um, the cells, the cell prints for Unlimited Blade Works. I don't have anything signatured. I wish I had more stuff that was signatured, but I don't go to cons. So, sad face. Let's see here. Best moments in Otaku Spirit history. The creation of it. That's well, a, of that's course. A, that's a big one. <laughs> you all got to have us. I mean, obviously. I wasn't, so I was... wasn't going there. Just, just the creation <laughs> of it. No, feedback from listeners is always a big thing. I know it sounds cheesy and 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 uh, and plugged, but yeah, technically, um, it's the feedback that we get that's the incredible part about it. Even, even people that have told us feedback several times and they still give us feedback on a regular basis, it every single time know that it is... is what makes all this worth it? Because there's there's times where I'm literally like you know editing all night and I'm tired and then suddenly somebody tweets me like the right time and it's like thank you that 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 means a lot because that's what we're doing this for. If it not like I said earlier, I wouldn't be spending all this time watching shows that I don't particularly having huge engagement engagement on just for the sake that I want to find something interesting there to talk about. Where before I would probably just drop it just because there's no point to it. So it's the feedback and the community and the conversations that we have with people that makes a lot of the stuff worth it. Uh, even though, like I've mentioned several times here recently, I wish that I could be more engaged with people, but um, it's just where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to keep my sanity levels right here. And to do that, I kind of have to be a little bit distant, distance to certain uh, things. Like I mentioned earlier, being completely open to Twitter conversations. Whereas right now I'm literally kind of sticking with my follow list and my, my uh, notifications, not venturing out into the the broader spectrum of, of Twitter and, and social media. So, yeah. Um, any comments on feedback and, and community? No, I, I, I think that the, the having the feedback did give us and a Patreon motivation. Too. Yeah, the Patreon is same thing. It, it's it's it was something that 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 gave us a motivation that we it it. It reinforced what we were already hoping is in in one way we were we tried to find something that was unique to us. We wanted to be something different and we we stumbled into it and having everybody come come out of the woodworks and say, no, really, we want what you guys are giving us. And it was like that gave us that little bit of extra to push us and it's pushed us for like Andrew said earlier, uh, roughly five years now, uh, six years, I think we're going on now, aren't we? For just Otaku Spirit, it would be five years in, in January. Okay. I kind of got into it with the whole conversation about creating something that wasn't existing already, and that was what we were doing, was creating a positive environment. But that was really a concept that I got out of uh, a certain podcaster that I listened to way back in the day. And... um it was somebody that was on a podcast episode. That's, otherwise, I would have mentioned who their name was. I just don't remember who it was. 
but that person on that podcast said, um, I created this thing because there was a need for it. If you ever see that, if you ever sit there and go, why isn't there anybody doing this? Create it because that is your that is your that is your moment. If you're if you're looking for something that you want to do, uh, you know, as a YouTuber or as a podcaster, you have to. It has to be something that you enjoy. But if you see something that you enjoy that there is a void, do it. Don't look for it. Do it. Well, look for it. Make sure there's nobody else doing it because if you are echoing the same people, it's going to be more difficult for you to get a, a audience. And for us, it's worked out. We we literally have. Um, from my knowledge, from what little information I've been able to gather, one of the most successful anime podcasts, and it's because of that. It's because we found a niche, and the community itself uh, latched onto that, and then the community blew up with it because they enjoyed it, and then thus that they they you guys made it happen because you told other people. But we didn't advertise. We didn't spam out channels. We didn't we didn't pay Facebook. We didn't pay Twitter. We didn't pay into anything to broadcast us out to groups. We didn't use some kind of side service that would email spam people. We literally got where we are now because our listeners went out there and told people about us. We we were at some point you were it, it's been a while since we've done it here recently, but a while back Chris was like scouring the Google on a regular basis and looking for like random websites where people mentioned Otaku Spirit. And we were kind of having fun, kind of going, oh, cool, this is where they talked about us over here. So know that we, we see that stuff. And it was really cool when that happened, because that's what made us happen. Getting contacted by people across the globe, including Japan, uh, it has been a long time since we've been in contact with certain people. But we had a, a few people that uh, that we knew that were, we've been contacted by people in, I think, pretty much every single side of the, of the, of the globe. And some of the most uh, shocking ones was definitely Japan. We've... We've had uh, directors contact us who directed shorts. I, I, I've posted them on Twitter for people to check them out. It was There was a short for a, a tire commercial. But it was a really cool little video. And that person contacted me. It was He was a writer. He was a main script writer for that one. And that was incredible. I was like, holy crap. A, a, literally, a script writer. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a commercial. But a lot of these people get their, their start from things like that. And it was really incredible to have it. And it was literally Aoyuki was voicing in it. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe if I can like see if I can get him to get me a signature or something like that. Uh, getting contacted by the guy from um, Netflix that used to work with Netflix. Getting contacted by him for information. We've had several uh, companies, people within companies, contact us for uh, some advice on certain things, and that's always been incredible. Whenever getting acknowledged by Right Stuff, getting acknowledged by Pony Can, getting acknowledged by uh, Crunchyroll and Elations, being a part of the Anime Awards, all those things have been incredible. And I think one of the more incredible things going back to the community thing was just getting contacted by uh, just individuals who, who live in Japan being uh, Europe uh, pretty, like I said, every single, every, every corner of the world I can think of, there's probably somebody that we've spoken to that's been in those areas, which sucks in some cases because we've also had a lot of conversations about availability and that it sucks when we're talking about this show is so incredible. You guys need to go watch it. And then we get a message saying, I live over here and I don't have access to it. And it's like, I really wish we could, you know, form our our funnel of, of podcasting to you to not have that in there so it doesn't sound like we're beating you up about it. But uh, it is it is still incredible that we have, it is the power of the internet, technically. It is this idea of, of having connections with so many people. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got a kick out of, uh, I think we were we were pointing out something in, in uh, what was it, Viz Media or was it? Was it Viz Media that I I had pointed out, and then Andrew said, "Oh yeah, so and so from the from there uh, contacted us and said that they 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 
were taking that into consideration, I was like, holy crap, you mean I'm actually affecting things? <laughs> mm-hmm. it, is, it is cool. To, yeah, technically a lot of it's like just lip service. Some of it's whether you're actually, actually trying to, to improve things. But it is cool when you when you get that acknowledgement from companies when – for a long time there, when we first started, we were we were literally emailing everybody like Funimation, can we get in here? Uh, Crunchyroll, can we get in here? Uh, right stuff, can we get in here? Ponycan or not? Wasn't Ponycan wasn't really relevant back then? But all these companies were contacting them and saying, "Hey, we we were getting a, we're, we actually have some connection with people." And it wasn't the fact that we had a connection with people; we had a connection with people. Again, another thing about the positivity of being our goal that we didn't see available is that we were positive about supporting the industry. And, and yeah, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that all these other podcasters are nothing but negative. I'm not saying they're all about uh, piracy. I'm just saying this is the thing that we focused on and that we chimed. And one of the things that we chimed out on was the idea of uh, supporting the industry. Again, we don't preach at people to say you're a bad person for piracy. Cause I just, we just went through the whole conversation that I, I pirated the entire two thousands because it, I, I downloaded all of Inuyasha back then. It's just a thing of that. Now that the availability is here, we were chiming on these companies. And so we were contacting all these companies and it felt really bad. The idea that we kept getting, most of it was just no response at all. But for the most part, it was just kind of like, yeah, thank you. But uh, we don't really have anything going on for you right now. And that was kind of disheartening. So to finally have that kind of uh, uh, acknowledgement was really cool. All right. So... The biggest and most important question that we have in this entire list is what is your current top 10 anime list? My current top 10 list. Shoot. I I I I kind of frustrated over this, but the but this is just like every time we always put this kind of stipulation stipulation that my top 10 list is constantly changing so literally every minute is changing. literally i really want to change something right now <laughs> so i going off of knowing that that it, i'm flimsy and and i will always feel unsure about this it is currently number 10 hinamatsuri uh number nine chobits uh number eight hajimino ipo um number seven march comes in like a lion number six monogatari uh, number five, Madoka Magica. Uh, number four, Kimi ni Todake. Uh, number three, Death Parade. Number two, Show Again Roku. Now, should I wait on my number one till after you get to your number one? I can go. My number one is Wolf Children. He's finally acknowledging that he can put movies on his list now. Unlike <laughs> last time we had this discussion about a top ten list, he wouldn't do movies. Uh, yeah. I- Similar to him, it's it like changed every minute, and I still hate this list just because I know I can probably move things around here. You're so. cheating on your number ten. Come on now. I it's because I can't decide which one <laughs> I want to put on there. I, I I'll probably just go with Kokoro Connect. Kokoro Connect will be on number ten. I had Love Shinobio kind of hanging on there, but I think I think Kokoro Connect just had me too many times, so that'll take the ten slot. Uh, Clenad as number nine. I know that used to be my number one back in the day. It's mm-hmm. Kind of it kind of dropped since I've gotten some recent shows. Shogun Roku Rocky Goshinjo is number eight. Fate Zero is number seven. I was debating them through between that one and Limited Blade Works, but I think that one's got the better story. So, six Death Note, five Wolf Children, four Monogatari series. I think Monogatari series is just one of those ones that we only recently jumped into with the collection that we got. And 
that shows you how long it's been since we've done one a top ten list because <laughs> I finally put that in my list. Because we've probably done it before, but I just probably lost those lists. But yeah, it's just a fantastic series, and it's technically cheating to have like a long running series be in your list. Uh, Evangelion is my number three, of course. Gotta have that somewhere in here, just because it's just a it's a staple in my in my history in anime. From the New World, when we watched that one, I was like, this one's definitely going on my list. It's it's just a fantastic little world that kind of created, and I was just enveloped by it. And number one, I have Hanasaki Roha. If anybody's heard me talk about Hanasaki Roha, then I'll watch why it's there. It's just a show that was in a a certain place in my life, and it it uh, it touched me, uh, touched my heart. It heart touched as the Sweetest and Lightning would tell you. Yep. Heart touched. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. We'll do these quickly because I didn't realize how long we we're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm cutting, cutting out a few of these things here. But uh, favorite genres. What's your favorite genres? Um, I'm going to go with uh, drama and romance. Romance. The thing that does not exist <laughs> really much in anime. I think if there was a thing that I can change in anime, I wish there was more solid romances. And Hence the reason I put drama first. Yeah, there's more drama than romances, and it sucks because even the ones that I can kind of say are romantic, they they're not they're not really romantic. They're just they're kind of they drama. have a <laughs> they have a love interest that happens somewhere in it. Most of it's just drama. So yeah, and I think it's probably to do with like we mentioned with I think I think we did a I don't know if it was our school episode or we did a romance episode. I forget which one. It might have been a school episode. It's just this idea of uh, most of these storytelling being stuck in kind of the the high school age and stuff with these ages where they're not really focused on actual adult romance. So I have a sci-fi and mystery. Uh, I did too. I cheated as well. I, I really like shows. I, I probably more so mystery. I just like shows that make me wonder what's around the next corner. It's, it's shows like Kato and paranoia agent and shows like that, that just have me constantly from the new world. I mentioned earlier in my top list. It's just those, those shows that I'm like, Holy crap, there's so much happening here, and I want to know what's happening next. So that's why I really like those ones. I guess we can run really quickly through these. Um, your favorite male characters? Um, mine is probably going to be Kiku from Showa and, of course, Vegeta. Because Who's Vegeta? Vegeta's the greatest. Where's, what's Vegeta? What's He's Vegeta the greatest uh, Saiyan prince ever. What's, what's the I Saiyan? Mean, what's, that, what's that show from? Yeah, that, that, that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> the original Dragon Ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, Vegeta was in that one, right? No. He was in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, see here, I have a whole bunch of here. Uh, Izaya from Dudadada. He was just, I loved his stepping on cell phones. Uh, Yato from Noragami. Love that show. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember much of anything else. Of, I, well, I guess that they kept trying to call something coins. But um, yeah, I remember him Dallas, and his laugh. by the way. Huh? Dallas, by the way. Dallas, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he, him, him, him kicking and, and, and stomping on the, the, the phone is yeah, cause it's like, it's, it's like Gyaru girl and he just takes the phone from her and throws it on the ground, starts stepping on it and just laughing maneticly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was literally in that, that, that time frame of that, that next awakening for me was like, holy crap, I love this show. And it was something that kind of drew me back in there. Um, I really need to get that entire series. But yeah, it's funny. You'll notice that my first few picks here is got the, a similarity behind it. Uh, Zaya from Da Da Da, Yato from Noragami. He's just he's just a dork. I love him in Noragami, and he kicks butt when he needs to. Uh, and Aradagi from Monogatari. So you notice in the, the similarity there. Same say uh, voice actor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Aradagi just has so much going for him, and it's just a fantastic series that he kind of is constantly changing throughout it. 
Uh, and I also have Kiku from Shogun Roku Raku Shinju. He's probably the most dynamic character I've seen in anime here recently. His story was just you you entire saw an entire life, and so that kind of helps uh, build him up for me. Ginko from Musushi. He's just kind of a, a cool character. Just I like his uh, his stance and his uh, how he views helping and not helping people. Female characters. Um, mine is going to be Rory Mercury. Who's that from? Uh, that's from Gate. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm naturally a part of the Onodera Master Race uh, from uh, False Love. What's I'm trying to think of the, the, the Japanese name of it? Yes. Nisekoi. Nisekoi. I I love Tama from uh, from uh, We Cross. We Cross. Uh, Hello from Spice and Wolf. Aika from Tenchi. I will always be in love with her. I I, I love her forever. <laughs> Amy <laughs> Mizuno from Sailor Moon. And Chi from, well, Chobits, of course. Yeah, it was uh, Kioni for me from Tenchi Moyo. She was, she was my, she was my girl. She's adorable. One. They're all adorable. But like my 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 old crush was of course um, Beldandi from Amagata. So that was my that was that was my that was my first waifu character way back there, as many would notice. I finally got my uh, inappropriate rocket figure of her, and I'm really happy to have it because she's gorgeous. So even though it's a questionable rocket. It's a weird rocket. I'm... <laughs> it's a very questionable rocket. Uh, mine are Rintasaka from Fate Stay Night. Uh, love her to death. And she's kind of one of those characters that I didn't really notice too much when I watched the Dean version. But she's kind of grew on me here recently with the Unlimited Blade Works. Of course, it was her arc. Uh, Saber, of course, from Fate Stay Night. She's uh, probably the worst waifu for me to pick up just because there's so much stuff for her that it's 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 scary money-wise. But I still love her because I like her stoic nature and whatnot. Rem from ReZero, uh, that episode 18, that's all you have to know. Uh, Yui Yui from uh, my romantic comedy snafu. I just love her to death. I think she is definitely easily best girl in that story. Uh, Holo from Spice and Wolf, also love her to death. She's just a great little character. I love her mischievous nature, but she's just, her her uppity nature as well is really cool. Uh, Belle Downey, like I mentioned earlier. Tomoyo from Clanod. She was one of those early crushes for me as well. Just loved her character, and I love that got an after story for her. Uh, Kusanagi from Gits. She's just just badass. That's all she is. <laughs> and uh, Hanakawa from uh, Monogatari. She is... Uh, it was it was Sengoku, technically, for me for the longest time, but with like the backstories and Kizu Monogatari and all that kind of stuff, Hanakawa just solidified herself as easily best girl in that show, so... For me, I know, starting Flame Wars, favorite directors. Let's get out of the way. Hayao Miyazaki, he's up there. Uh, had to throw that out there. Let's get that out of the way. But what else do you have? Isao Takahara, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, for your two movies that you really enjoy, he is the greatest ever. <laughs> um, I, uh, I also have uh, Momoro Hosoda. Uh, I, I, I think that he just... Easily as as has placed himself as one of my favorites. I I, I would probably also lean towards um, uh, the art guy. I'm I'm sure you've got him in your list because you think of that kind of stuff and I don't. Um, the art guy. The art guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, There's a lot of people that are art guys. Garden of Words. Makoto Shinkai. Shinkai. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are those are those are going to be my my main guys. I have my obviouses, and then I kind of move into some lesser obvious ones. I, I, it sucks because the thing with all these that we're going to go through with like writers and stuff like that is there's certain stories that I really enjoy and, and anime that I really enjoy, but it's like they have one 
could go and then you'll never see anything else I'll do. So you're always looking for the links between them. And it's really hard to find those links because uh, at least for me anyways, I'm really bad with names. So I have to literally search for these people to figure out who's really threading all these really cool stories together. Uh, obvious one is of course uh, Hideaki Anno. He's of course did you know, just Evangelion. He did uh, Gunbuster. He was he was what really solidified me in anime. Evangelion was probably the one that was like, holy crap, this is this is the coolest thing ever, and I'm really into this. Of course, Akira before then, but uh, Satoshi Kon. I know that's an easy one as well, but he was literally everything I've ever watched of his is nearly perfect, and he was a he was a brilliant storyteller and perfect blue was amazing uh paranoid agent's amazing i still need to watch millennium actress and tokyo godfathers but he just he's he's fantastic that's why i said i wish his stuff would come back i wish he could come back and continue doing stuff but um is what it is now one really cool one that is technically known but maybe less obvious to people is akiyuki shinbo and for those who don't know he's literally like the shaft guy and his work is across the board and brilliant. Uh, he's done March. I'm, I'm just going to scroll through the list here because there's too many things to kind of list out in my outline. Uh, March comes like a lion. The entire Bakunmonogatari uh, series. He's done all that stuff. Uh, he's done work in like a lot of the Fate series, Fate Extra, um, uh, Maho Shoujo, Lyrical Nanaha. Uh, let's see here. What do you say? Mod- Mad- Madoka Magica. Yeah, Madoka Magica was that one? Yeah, it was up there a few seconds ago. Yeah, Madoka Magica. At least the movies, anyway. Uh, he's just he's just all throughout there. Sayonara Zatsuba Sensei. He's in that stuff as well. Sukiyu uh, and Moon Phase. He's just in, he's incredible, and he's one of those ones that you don't realize until you actually look into it. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people like, yeah, pff, I know who Shenbo is, but for me, he's like one of those ones that when I really noticed it, it was like, holy crap, he literally is. A part of a lot of things I, I love. I recall Under the Bridge. I haven't watched it yet, but I know it's a, a fantastic one as well. So yeah, he's a he's a big one for me. Probably a lot more lesser known is probably uh, Masahiro Ando. He did uh, Snow White and the, with the Red Hair, uh, Kanon, Blast of Tempest, and Hanasaki Roha, which again is my number one favorite anime. And the last one I have is Tatsuya Ishihara, who did Air Clanad. Love Chinibi and other delusions, sound of phonium and Nishijo. So big ones for Kiwani, which I really enjoy. So uh favorite writers. This one's even more difficult than directors. Uh again, another easy one is Jim uh Jin Robuchi, uh the 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 butcher. He's uh probably the one that I really kind of noticed who he was was probably when I watched Fate Zero because he was just known for again being the butcher. Uh Fate Zero was a big part of his I know Zero, the first season when it was actually good. Uh, Madoka Magica, Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet, uh, Psychopass, Phantom, Requiem of the Phantom, uh, Expel from Paradise is some big ones he's done. My easy one is obviously going to be Mario Kata. Um, uh, he, uh, she's known for doing Anohana, Toradora, um, uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans, uh, uh, Flowers of... No, not Flowers She's doing a live action of Flowers of Evil, so... Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it she she's really she's she's and known the, and as Lost being Village the, and We yeah, Cross. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get those other ones in there. She's known for doing melodrama, and she has been coined the uh, queen of melodrama a while back. So. Seems like yeah. Um, if somebody else didn't do it, we did it. So there you go. Uh, she also did a recent movie here, which we were looking forward to. But no, I 
the thing with me for her was that I didn't quite realize who she was until a little bit after I watched Anahana. Because I watched Toradora. I watched Anahana. And at some point, somebody mentioned that was, it was, I think it was when, I don't know if it was when Iron Blood Orphans was coming out. And they kind of mentioned the idea that she's, no, I think it was um, Anthem of the Heart. Didn't she do that one as well? Because she was, yeah, because it was a it was a collaboration with her and the director that did uh, Toradora. And that was a big thing they were chiming was the Anahana team. And so when it kind of connected all those things, and then it was going into Iron Blood Orphans, they were teaming up for that one as well. It was like, holy crap, I, I, I'm I getting this person. She's getting better. Uh, I've never really liked her for melodrama, but she, she whenever she doesn't get too stuck in it, she does really good. Because Red Cross turned me off really badly for her. Um, Lost Village was technically a turnoff for her. But she, whenever she shines, she shines really brightly, and that's that kind of is the thing that kind of stands out for me for her. Uh, outside of there, I kind of went into some source materials that, of stuff that I really enjoy. Uh, Sutomu Nihei, of course, did uh, Nicedonia, Blamu, Aposims. I just love his uh, his sci-fi. He does get kind of stuck in doing uh, borrowing from each other. I think he kind of keeps them in the same universe, so to speak. But I really like his his stuff. Uh, Shuzo Oshimi. Did uh, you're probably gonna mention here? In a yeah, minute. I was gonna mention that. Uh, Flowers of Evil, Inside Mari, Happiness. Um, it, it, I don't know if it's it's fair to call him a writer. I mean, he is a mangaka, uh, and and he's writing for those manga the those mangas. So take that he's as, a writer, as yeah. you want. Yeah, he is a writer in 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 one respect or another. So, but I really really enjoy his stories. I really love his artwork. So yeah, yeah, I kind of give him that one to him because he kind of turned me on to. I don't. I don't know if I, wa- I read Flowers Evil before I did Inside Mari. I think I did. But um, I want to say I actually read Inside Mari first. I want to say you did. And then, uh, and then uh, we got the manga. The yeah. yeah, and then we got the manga of Flowers of Evils, and that's when I finally read through that one. But um, it went from there to The Happiness. I got the volume 8 that I need to read of that one, I too. I need to catch up on that. I think I'm still at 5. And then I have my last one is Wataru Watari. Uh, yeah, he's technically the one that I'm creating my own... Uh, universe based off of this concept this this jaded writer that i absolutely love like i love his work with romantic comedy snafu he writes the night novel for that he then did a the writing for claudia code and that one animation wise tanked really badly and then i created my own knowledge that girlish number was based off his anger of there and then his uh canceled animation work after that was just another bit to add to his my little chronological storyline that I've created for him. But I, I do, all jokes aside, I thought Claudia Code had a nice concept to it. Snafu is just a story of characters that I just have fallen in love. A main character who is very complex and different and supporting characters that are just all fantastic. Except for um, the worst girl. Yui, Yui Gahama's best girl. So, there you go. Uh, character designer. This one's a, a more fascinating one because we don't really get to talk about this much. But uh, we've kind of wanted to do podcast based on all these ones maybe we'll, we'll eventually but of course my easy one is ranger Murata. and i wish that his stuff would be better representative in anime but all we have really is single law i think is the closest to his style my easy one is going to be yasomi uh um, umetsu uh which is uh basically uh the kohuko uh kokuko yeah kokuko Kokoku. Kokoku. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also did Kite, um, and he also did Wizard Barristers. He's got a very, very unique uh, art style. He's I, like he's like Ranger Murata, where it's really hard for people to capture his style, because it's 
it's so it's got a style to it that's very hard to animate. Yeah, and, and I I absolutely love it, and and that's why I, I I had Andrew go ahead and get the the Wizard Barristers, even though he, we're we're really mixed on the ending of it. But I I really <laughs> really love the artwork that he does. What somebody shooting in the air and killing somebody upsets you? <laughs> Uh, I also have Akio. They supposedly fix all that. So <laughs> supposedly, you, you you when you get the fixed version, he actually is shooting in the air for the bolt to come back down and hit him in the head, <laughs> and then you realize it wasn't a mistake. Uh, Akio Watanabe is my next one I have on there. Of course, the person that does all the character designs for Monogatari series at Totama Furukasaya, God only knows. Love love the style. Uh, Kazumi and Shoko uh, Ikeda. Who did uh, these are sisters? This is one of those fascinating things I didn't realize until I actually looked into it. Uh, but they are the uh, uh, Ikeda sisters, and they both work for Kyoto Animation. I'm not sure if they currently do, but they have both worked at Kyoto Animation. And they're they're sisters that have pretty much designed the style that I love about Kyoto Animation. And that's their no. They've seen they have, their stuff is in like Sanofonium, uh, Suzumiya Haruhi, uh, Shinobi on Love uh, Love, Del- love Delusions, and other. Love Chinubia and other delusions. Clenad, uh, Miri Color Phantom Worlds. It's the style that I, I really do enjoy. So they definitely are up there for me. Um, I, I, I've got it and Andrew's got it on his list. I kind of stole it from him because I, I agree. I absolutely love this guy's artwork. Um, that's Akio Watanabe. Um, this is the guy who does the Monogatari, the Etotama, uh, Grisaya, uh the world God only knows. Uh, we've, we've talked about him a few times. He's just absolutely uh, fantastic uh, character designs in, in a lot of what he does. And the last one I have is technically manga, but the manga definitely does bleed off into the Norgami series. But uh, I do love Adachi and uh, Tokashiki, who did uh, the Norgami. They also did Alive, is the one that I, I picked up here recently, like I mentioned earlier. I'm going to get into I, I like I like their style. And, uh, of course, they're known as Adachi Toka is their combined name that they put on the, the stuff. Uh, really quickly, artists, musicians, and idols. Uh, Swana Hiroyuki is one of my favorite musicians. I love his work in all of anime. It's incredible. I love Aimer as well. She does a lot of stuff with Swano that I, I, that I really appreciate. I just love her voice. Dalko, I love a lot of that high beat music that uh, Dalko does. Man with a Mission, Nano, Bunjo Suzuki, I love her voice. It's just addictive <laughs> and Sayuri is a, a recent one that I, I love hers as well so on my side i've got uh konomi suzuki i really really love her she has a very projecting voice very strong solid vocal uh artist um i uh, a couple i stole from andrew um and then i've got kiba of akiba and myth and Roid. i i absolutely love them across the board even though we changed singers for myth and yeah, so I'm still I'm still a little out, out, out on, on that's like I almost right I almost now, so. I almost wanted to put Califina on there but I'm like rip goodbye <laughs> <laughs> Califina I liked Califina back when it was here I'm not sure if uh, they'll keep the name and did they say they're gonna keep the name and just do a new group I don't I think know. they said they were I don't know they just need to let it just let it cut it right there it's like myth and right you should have just cut it I don't know maybe it's just more in the style because it is technically a company that's doing it uh, last bit I have um, is a quick gunshot, not gunshot, but quick fire. What do you think is the top five studios in the list below? We have Kyoto Animation, PA Works, Infutable, Mappa, Dogokobo, Polygon Pictures, Shaft, uh, White Fox, A1 Pictures, Bones, JC Staff, Ghibli, uh, Kata, Production IG, Sunrise, Trigger, 
Wit Studio, Zebex, and Toy Animation, and Madhouse. What is mm. your favorite ones? Take Ghibli out of that list. Come on now. That's just a given. <laughs> um, I'm going to cheat and go KyoAni, PA Works, Mappa, Dogakobo, and White Fox. I, I, I think those are fairly safe. Well, see, I'm not. I, I purposely put Ghibli in there because trigger, I wasn't going to pick it. That gummit. <laughs> Fine, take Doug Kobo off the list and put Trigger on there. <laughs> I put Ghibli in there because I was purposely not going to choose it because it's just kind of gone. <laughs> so for me, I'm kind of just shooting this out in my head as things that are kind of predominant for me recently. Kyoto Animation, I just, I love them to death. I, I will say that they've kind of fallen off the, the wagon here recently. I just haven't really had much from them that visually they capture me. Just not really story-wise, they really capture much in recently. Except for Violet Evergarden technically did destroy me. So never mind. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, I would probably still put Kyoto Animation. Uh, Ufootable always ends up up there for me. Mappa does some incredible stuff as well. Uh, Dogokobo I put in there just because, yeah, it technically is the, this up-and-coming Moe-type studio that has been releasing knockout stuff a lot lately. And, oh man, this leaves me with one. Shaft. If, if only for Monogatari series, <laughs> Shaft. Well, and it's so funny because if you asked me like five years ago, I probably wouldn't even have Shaft anywhere on there. But Shaft, through our watching of the Monetary series, has stapled itself in my Well, in don't my list. forget about um, uh, March Comes In Like a Lion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very I true. I mean, Shaft, if nothing else, Shaft is it, they good do at mood. They yeah. are great at mood. Kiwani is moe and detail. Uh, Ufootable is just amazing action scenes and action pieces. Uh, Mappa is just kind of... They have their, their trip-ups, like, with Inuyashiki, but they just kind of consistently pump out stuff that I enjoy, even if it is just for the action. Dogokabo is just the new Kiyoni for me. They're just knocking it out of the park with their cute shows that are fun. That's why, that's why I had... And Shaft is just yeah. is emotion and artistry. That's why I had Dogokobo up there, for, and, then, and then when I remembered I hadn't gotten Trigger. I, I, Trigger is... Trigger is a really, really they're very a, fickle for me. They're fickle for me, and and it's 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 my mood on Trigger can can vary from from second to second. I really, really love Trigger for the ninety nine percent of the time, and then then I then there's this one moment where it's like I hate them right now, but God, I love them. I love their their character designs. I love their uh, their their storytelling. I love their uh, the way they they. Sh- uh, do their environments? They never they, really, they, and they never get really get stuck in the typical. Yeah, it, it's kind of like uh, what I was liking about um, Twin Engines, um, <laughs> Geno Studio. It's like they they keep falling apart constantly, and they screw up, but they're doing different things, and I like that about them. Uh, White Fox is another one. They they are Fox, doing yeah. they're an up and coming that I think is going to do some incredible stuff. So it's funny because I we're looking at all these things like Madhouse. Yeah, technically. Overlord, love it to death. Everything that comes out of Madhouse is really incredible. Bones does really incredible stuff. JC Staff, all these companies do incredible stuff, but I'm I'm having more fun looking at these up and comings that are I'm hoping will that's, Naz, that's even Naz screwing up terribly right now with uh, my my sister, my writer. But I I have hope for them because they just came out of the gate with um Engelmoise. Engelmoise. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like now, if you were to ask me, just shifting, shift the question just a smidge of 
who do you have your eyes on? I would definitely my my list is vastly different. Yeah. That's that's definitely where where we're what we're talking about. Yeah, Polygon Pictures. Is yeah, Polygon Pictures. Uh, A one is it? No, A one is 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 the old guys. Um, uh, but yeah, I can't say A one just because they don't they rely on other studios too much. Yeah, so it's, you, it's always a mixed bag with them. But they do have some really big staple shows for me. Even. Madhouse for sure. Um, I tr- that you you got. Um, like we said, White Fox, Dogakobo, um, like Andrew said, Polygon Pictures. The the list vastly d- changes when when you when you take into consideration up and coming studios versus um, studios that I I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm gonna love a Kyo Annie show. Um, I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm gonna think a PA Works show is going to be gorgeous. Um, I'm 99% sure that I'm going to enjoy a MAPPA show. And, and that's 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 the thing. I'm 99% sure I'm not going to enjoy a Holeiner show. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sure. Though there was that that one story and that in that flavors and, of youth. And that's that's the funny thing is with with Holeiner's we did, when we were review not not when we were reviewing it it seemed like every time we reviewed an uh, a Holeiner's it was always the concept was very, yeah. very interesting. It's kind of like Geno uh, Studios; like they're doing different things. I guess that's it, though. We we've have, this is actually something I thought was going to be like a forty-five minute podcast episode, but it turned out to be a lot longer than I thought. But uh, again, I hope people found some interesting things about us throughout this entire remeeting the host podcast episode, and um, that you enjoyed it. But uh, anything else to add before we conclude? No, I think that uh, you tapped me out of all my ideas. Tap you out. You used me all. Oh, I just drained. You used it. it. You drained, drained, drained it all out. Gotcha. Of me. Gotcha. I'm done. Again, we're at talkyspirit.com. You can go there for our anime, new and old, great community formats, top social media links on the right side. And thank you all for supporting us throughout this. Again, going on five years now, um, it has definitely been incredible. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters who, uh, without anything behind a paywall, are are supporting us financially to keep the the hosting going. And that just that's enough to help us kind of keep the the lights on, and that's appreciated. So. Thank you to those people that do that without any kind of desire from us. It's just an incredible thing for them to do that to support us. And especially, of course, vo- verbally as well. Thanks for all the support there as well. But yep. um, thank you all for listening to us. We hope you all enjoyed, and you all take care. Os! Believe it, God. My sin, my shame, I need to smile.